2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, March 14th, 2040. We're halfway down for the month almost. Tomorrow will be the halfway mark. Can you believe how fast time goes? I'm Steve Peasley. I thank you for joining me today. And I hope you will call me as well. I hope we will have discussions on what's going on. That's always the funnest, the most entertaining for me, is for you to ask questions. So, our number is 888-99-CHART. You can call anytime you want. We're live for 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. And when you do call, you drive the show. You make it interesting. The show is yours, not mine. I'm just the host, okay? So the goal, our goal is always to help you become financially independent, have the financial freedom to do what the heck you want to do. I mean, everybody, we work hard every day, work hard for the money. The money pays the bills. It's just a fact of life. But at some point, we want to stop working for the money and have the money work for us. I mean, that's the goal, and it's hard. It's hard. It's a hard, long, hard battle to do that. I know that. I've been fighting that battle all my life, so I know. So, but we're going to. I'm going to do my best to help you any way I can, and that's what the show is about. We're going to learn together, try to understand what we can invest in to make us some money maybe not take too much risk along the way. We've seen volatility you know, really spike in May and really spike this week, yesterday being a prime example. And today, the recovery today is pretty pretty volatile too. So I think we're going to have to get used to that. Just get used to it. We, you need to expect it. It's normal, by the way. I mean, when I say normal, we've had periods of very low volatility. All this... All this year up until, you know, just a few weeks ago, it's been pretty calm volatility. Now we're seeing, remember, spiky volatility into last year, two, three months. Very volatile. Down. down. Volatility doesn't also mean down. It could be volatile up, okay? But it's, you know, generally, generally it's related to being down volatility. But it's not true for all times. It's not. Okay, so that's what we're dealing with, lots of volatility. Today, we're going to move toward that financial freedom goal we all we all want, we all have, we all should have, at least. To do that, you need to make calls, and I'm live, 888-99-CHART. Okay, time to call. My main talking point today is going to be cloud revenue, cloud revenue battle between Amazon, Microsoft, Google. Who do you think is winning that battle? Microsoft has 13.7% of cloud revenue that of the of the whole cloud revenue they have 13.7% of it who has the biggest point biggest part of that is amazon 32% then google is third at 7.6%. thing what's interesting is microsoft is growing really really fast. That's going to be one of our that is going to be our main talking point. I also want to talk about marijuana stocks. Everybody's interested in marijuana stocks. I want to go a little bit deeper into them. And I think you've heard me talk about them, but, you know, we're going to just keep talking about them until we all understand what's going on there. Um, I also want to talk about uh, an opinion piece by someone uh, that, by Brent Aarons, who's usually somebody who's pretty liberal. Uh, And he has an opinion piece about the Chinese tariffs. And I want to discuss his opinions, and it's kind of lining up with what I believe I've said on the air that it's much to do about nothing, and I'm going to give you some statistics because he gave them to me, so I can pass them along. Retiring abroad in South America, uh, expat, being an expat. Everybody wants to think they can retire abroad and live a lot, you know, a lot uh, more comfortable. Because if they don't have a lot of money, they can live much nicer, much better on the little money that they get here in the United States for retirement. Well, we'll talk about that. And what city in the world has the most billionaires? Billionaires. What city in the world has them? We're talking about the entire world, and I have a list of in, in order. I just think it's interesting. What's interesting is the third city on this list, and I'll tell you why when I get to it. So that's what we're going to discuss here. Unless, of course, you drive the show and you want to discuss something else, we'll do that. But those are things on my kind of on my to-do list today. So, the market was up 207 points for the Dow, 87 points for the Nasdaq, and 23 for the S&P. Now, the Dow was down 600 yesterday, so it made about a third up, a third, a third of the loss, but it's definitely kind of rolling down for the entire month of May. If you look at a chart and you look at, you know, a daily chart going back a year, because that's where you should start, you'll see that the market topped right at the beginning of May. started started roll rollover. And just because it's up 200 day, points a day, well, it was down much bigger yesterday. So it's still on a downtrend. So we're down probably about 4%, 3 to 5% in that range, depending on what index you want to look at. Does that qualify for a correction? Well, I guess it qualifies for a very weak correction. A normal correction would be 10%. That would be normal. Will we get to that 10 percent? I don't know. I think we might. My guess is it's a real possibility. So we'll see. Don't. There's no reason to panic out. No reason to panic in. You just buy and hold those great stocks of yours. If you have a a portfolio designed to throw off income that you still do no matter what the price. Don't panic. This is what always worries me. People going getting out getting in just stay the course you'll be fine okay now that was the market today what it will be tomorrow we won't know and it's all driven you know this this week's volatility is driven by you know china china and and america trade talk obviously obviously and that's still going to continue so we'll go ahead and get to a caller this call came in earlier on our inner time listener line number 888 99 chart
0: this is uh, Cody. I'm a new listener to your uh, show, and uh, I just started investing recently. And uh, I started my first trade. I got some a uh, couple shares of uh, ENPH, which is Enphase Energy. And uh, I got in about two or three weeks ago, and I caught the, the big surge that I'm up about forty-three percent so far in just about two weeks. Like I said, but uh, I was just wondering to get your opinion uh, if I should close all my positions, or if you think it, it might be going higher, or maybe I should just close partial my positions, or. Just wanted to see
2: what you thought about it. Thanks. Okay. Um, my question first would be, you, you know, you're fairly new. Uh, what, what what was your thinking when you bought it? Did you did you have a target price? Was it When you bought it, was it a long-term hold, or were you just bought it for a trade? Just thought it would just pop up from where it was. Or, you know, your thinking as to why you bought it is important. Okay? Because that goes to well, if I'm, uh, whether you want to take profits now or not. Now, Enphase Energy Inc. is designed to microverter, microconverter systems for residential and commercial solar systems owners. So it's in that solar system area. It's a $1.5 billion company doing uh, last quarter $100 million, which was up pretty strong from the quarter before that. And so it's a pretty small company. It's not micro-cap or anything. It makes money. It lost money in 2017, but 2018, 19, and next year it's going to make money. It's supposed to make $0.59 on a stock that's $14.02. So you got about a 20-so or 21 PE or so uh, with pretty high growth. So this is one of those more speculative areas with high growth. So I would probably follow it up with a stop, a trailing stop on it. I'd keep it, in other words, but put a stop, meaning I would be get out at a certain price if it drops below a certain price, and that would probably be about, ooh, probably I'm I'm going to say. Hmm, that's too far away. Probably around thirteen dollars. Those are like trying to put a, a five-day or so base around thirteen fifty. So if breaks below thirteen, I probably exit it. But again, it depends on your time frame. I would probably not hold this for long term. It's not a blue chip company. It's got high growth now, and you know it's it uh, high growth has been rewarded. I just and I don't know enough about it in the future to decide whether you're going to keep it long term or not. Anyways, good good for you, though. Congratulations on that good return. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I've already set a date for our return to San Jose. You know, I go up there about every month. And it's going to be Wednesday, June 12th. So I'm going to be meeting with listeners. And with no cost, obligation. We're going to take a look at portfolio reviews. I'll talk about, you know, your lifestyle, where you're going, and how to get to that financial freedom we always talk about here. And that's what we do. That's what I do on these meetings, you know. Uh, take a look at what you got. And look, take a look at what you're doing and how you're going to get where you want to be. So, if you want to meet with me, you can easily set up an appointment time. Go to vestot.com before and send and send me an email, and we'll contact you. Or you can call, leave a message. 888 99 chart, and we'll we'll definitely uh, get in touch with you. So, send me an email though; it's the fastest. So, I'll see you in San Jose. Remember, on the twelfth, June twelfth. And now let's go and take some more questions live, 888-99-CHART.
0: This is Invest Talk, and we are powering through the third week of May. So how is your portfolio doing? You want to need unbiased investing guidance, right? Steve Peasley is here now taking your calls live. Step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART.
2: 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. Give me a call. We'll answer. We'll talk about anything financial. Okay, anything financial. Did you see the news today? Did you see the market news that came out today? You know, every day there's full of interesting stuff. I think it is. Uh, but, you know, maybe you don't see the same things I do, so that's why I bring them up here. Uh, the, as you know, the Dow has lost about 2% yesterday. Uh, NASDAQ about 3% yesterday, so it was a pretty big sell-off, and it was all about China, right? We all know about China. Everybody's focused on it, and that's going to be one of my main talking points here, was the China trade talk and how the media is playing it up and how we should all look at it. So we're going to talk about that. Did you hear that Disney is going to take full control of Hulu streaming service? Now remember, Comcast Corporation owns part of it. But they have agreed to give Walt Disney Company full control of Hulu, and a deal that puts a minimum future value of the stream service at about 27 billion dollars. So that kind of lays the groundwork for Disney to create, you know, a, a Netflix competitor, right? So in a statement Tuesday, the company said Disney would immediately assume full operational control of Hulu, Hulu under an agreement that allows either company to trigger a sale of Comcast 33% to Disney after January 2024. So Disney's events are going to take complete control. And Disney and Comcast have agreed to buy out AT&T's 9.5% interest in Hulu. So you can see it's going to be a Disney company. Did you see what Walmart's doing? Remember it bought Jet? Do you remember? And Jet is, transform, is transforming uh, from a retail brick-and-mortar operation to an online retail business, obviously trying to compete with Amazon. I'm talking about Walmart. So there, you can put in an order online and then drive to the store and they'll load it into your car. That's the idea. So, it, you know, Walmart's not is going to... Uh, Amazon is not going to have the playing field all to itself. They're, they're, they're attracting... They're attracting competition and they're gonna to continue to do that and they're gonna attract eventually antitrust rules and laws. Facebook has got that problem. Google's gonna have that problem, right? And even maybe in a certain sense Apple with their Apple apps and Apple store, you can see it happening. Gotta be real careful there. You listen to Invest Talk everybody, I'm Steve Peasley and I want to thank you for making this program a part of your daily routine. Justin and I do our very best to make it interesting, we're trying to, and we want to make it interesting and instructive. That's our goal. So whenever you have an investment question, really, I encourage you to explore our podcast library. Give us a call, send us an email. So you can go, podcast is great. We've been doing it for years now. You can subscribe and rate us on Invest Talk Podcasts at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. And we'd love for you to do that. Our number is 888-99-CHART.
0: KPP Financial's Summer Invest Talk Wealth Conference has been set for Saturday, June 22nd in Irvine, California. And in the words of Steve Peasley, president of KPP Financial and host of Invest Talk, by harnessing the power of income compounding, retirees and investors of all kinds can improve their chances of living a life of financial freedom. You can learn more and purchase tickets right now at investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio show and podcast continues. The phone lines are open. 888-99-CHART.
3: Hi, Steve and Justin. I'm calling in to get your opinion on the stock Disney, D-I-S. I wanted to see what would be a good entry point for the stock to add additional shares or whether to sell a portion to take some off. The top. Thank you. I'll be listening for the answer on your show.
2: Disney D I S is a symbol. I guess everybody kind of knows what they do. They have theme parks, television, movies, and of course they've had some big the, the big movies recently, and they got some more nice, pretty impressive movies coming out shortly as well. It looks like to me, um, and they are they are just a profit machine. Disney is. Consistent consistently making money, consistently over time been growing. Even though they peaked in two thousand eighteen to make seven dollars and eight cents and two thousand nine, this year it's gonna be six fifty seven and then next year only six forty four. So there's a you know, it's kinda of peaking, but it's a hundred and thirty three dollars stock making gonna make six dollars and forty four cents next year. So that was makes it about a twenty one, twenty two, and that's kind of expensive right now for Disney. Their five year range is fourteen to twenty four, because they've had a really good move up. I mean, they were at hundred and you know their low was a hundred dollars a share, or a little over a hundred one maybe in December. Then from the I don't know the middle of December up until April, they moved sideways, and then they started to move up. Then had a big jump up. uh, Earnings were good. Um, I would, you know, at this point, I would probably not put more money into it. I think it's richly valued, even though I really think Disney is a really good company to own. But I would wait for the next pullback, and I would want to be a buyer of it, maybe around 120 or so. It's at 133 today, so. I think that's where I'd want to. I want to fill that gap. Maybe even 118, to 120. Somewhere in that range is where it would be a good buy point. And I don't know if I would buy it here. It got as high as about 140 dollars, 141 dollars before it fell off to, back down to 133 in the last this this month. So that's what I think about. I like Disney a lot pays only a 1.3% dividend, but you'd like to buy it for the growth, and the growth is you know 3 to 5%. I mean, you can't grow a $200 billion company that fast. It's hard. 888 and 99 chart, my main talking point, of course, is the um, cloud battle between Microsoft, Amazon, Google, and uh, I think Microsoft of the three, (laughs) if you want to invest in the cloud, I would probably pick Microsoft. They're the ones that have the growth into that cloud. They have a couple of pieces of software. It's made, uh, GitHub users start using Azure. That's a couple of pieces of software. Uh, in the first quarter of this year, Microsoft Azure revenue was estimated to be the less than half of Amazon cloud revenue, but it's growing very fast. So I I think if you're going, you're trying to invest. Remember, cloud. Everything's being stored in the cloud these days, right? Everything you do is in the cloud, I mean, it's it's just the way it's going to be. It's easy to use software in the cloud, you don't and you can store things there. You don't have to have it on your desktop, and it's fast. Now it's also scary, <laughs> so you're going to have a lot of, you know, a lot of systems that will prevent fraud and hacking and all those things but it's where it's going and i think that's where it's going to just continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger so they you know the companies you want to remember that create destruction book where's the creation happening well creating the cloud is getting bigger and it's artificial intelligence and that's part of the cloud and all those things that's where it is so microsoft has it looks like it's taking aim in amazon okay and trying to grow there much and the cloud, grow its cloud business much faster than any other part of its business. The problem is, is Microsoft doesn't break out earnings by, you know, different parts of their company. So you kind of have to just kind of estimate a lot of, based on what they're, where they're spending their money, and where the assets are, and how many employees they've got, addressing those issues, that kind of thing. So, but you do, you do know that it's doing, Microsoft is growing fast in that area. So that's where, you know, I, I think that's just going to continue. It's going to continue. Not So you have to decide where you want to invest. Uh, you know, I'm not a guy, you know I'm not, a guy who says, well, put all your money in this stock or this group of stocks. I'm more of a guy, you know, make sure you spread it around, you understand your risk, manage the risk that you're taking, uh, that kind of thing. And I think, you know, Disney would be a good asset. I like Amazon too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Google, Amazon, but only at the right price, as I've told you before. At the right price. Tomorrow on the Best Talk, two of the world's premier retailers are battling for the hearts and minds of shoppers everywhere. Retailers. That's Walmart again. We're going to talk Walmart again and Amazon. Okay, and Walmart, Amazon. Uh, are going to be a take on uh, digital advertising, how to get, yeah, you know, that's it's an interesting battle. That's going to be tomorrow. talk about that. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm going to take your questions at 888 99Chart.
3: Your typical workday can be very busy assignments, appointments, responsibilities, obligations. Sometimes you start early and end late. For that reason alone, you may already be looking to the future, to a period when your money, your accumulated assets are working for you and ultimately creating financial freedom. There are many voices suggesting financial planning services, but there's one company, one firm, that offers a balanced variety of strategically designed investment plans. One firm that applies decades of experience To enable a client personalized collaboration. One firm that can show you how to optimize an investment portfolio that fits your lifestyle objectives and risk tolerance limitations. One firm that speaks with a clear, logical, and unbiased voice. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com.
0: This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART.
1: Hi, this is Mike from Tracy. Uh, great show, guys. Uh, just quick question in regards to uh... Buying and selling, when you guys buy securities, do you guys normally put a stop limit or a trailing stop loss on it when you purchase it? Because you already had an idea of what the stock is gonna go up to and then sell it at that point? Or do you guys just kind of continue to monitor and monitor the the market? So anyway, love the show and uh, loyal listener. So have a great uh, day and I'll look forward to hearing the answer on, on the podcast.
2: Okay, that's a good question. Since we have the luxury of watching all day, every day, the movement of our stocks, we don't really put stop losses in. And it'd be very difficult for us because, you know, in each one of our programs everybody owns the same stocks. So you can't put a stop loss on, you know, sixty thousand shares. Because it'll all trigger all at one time and that will affect the price dramatically on some, well, maybe on some big stocks it wouldn't, but most stocks it would. So we really can't do that. But you as an individual who has a working life and can't keep track of stocks all day long, there's absolutely nothing wrong to put a stop, a stop loss on your stocks. Nothing wrong with that. You know, to, to try to uh, limit your downside risk because you can't see it. You don't know. Yesterday when it went down uh, 600 points, how many of you knew as it was going on that it was happening? Could you have taken action if you did know it was happening? If you were available, uh, you know, did you know what you... See, that's the problem. You don't, you got work. You got things to do. So, and you know, you shouldn't really react to a day like yesterday anyways. But there's nothing wrong with putting stop losses. I, we don't do it. But we do have target prices where we think the stock is going to go. And we do have you know, a, a, a a system of getting out at a certain point. Depending on the stock itself, some stocks will let go further than others. It depends. It depends on the company and why we bought it, where we think it's going, and the financials behind it. Good question, though. Tomorrow on InvestDoc, two of the world's premier retailers are going to battle, right? We know that. That's what we're going to discuss, Amazon and Walmart. So in case you didn't get that the first time I mentioned it, that is going to happen. Let's talk about China, though. Let's talk about trade talks here. Okay, everybody is freaking out. At least the news is. I don't know if people are. I don't think people are, but news certainly wants you to freak out. Maybe they need listeners or viewers. I don't know. Everybody's freaking out about the you know not the the battle between China and the U.S. and I, I think it's really ridiculous. It, it makes no sense. You know the facts. You just look at the facts. The facts aren't enough to make you make anybody worry about it. Okay, tariffs are just costs. It's a new kind of tax. Okay and it's not they're not taking money out of your pocket or anything else do you realize that the government at one point in history that's how the government was paid for the u.s government was paid by tariffs there was no income tax those tariffs that was it but you know getting more specific what's going on here uh the media it seems like this is some huge problem here that we're having this battle with china Okay, so we're moving tariffs from 10% to 25%, right? On about $200 billion of Chinese imports. Okay, so that's, it just raised the taxes about $30 billion. Is that huge? Huge, is it? Well, not if you figure that our taxes, total tax take last year, total taxes. They're taken out of our pocket. Was $5.5 trillion. We're talking about thirty billion dollars. It's nothing. Let's say let's say we slapped a twenty-five percent tax on every every Chinese import, every 25 percent on all imports from China. How much would that be? One hundred thirty-five billion dollars on a GDP economy size of twenty and a half trillion. One hundred thirty-five billion. It's it's a rounding error. Why are we freaking out about it? Why? It's gonna affect our economy. If we did tax all this, it'd affect our economy about two tenths of one percent down. And you gotta remember, them that, that's money to run the government. We can, that money's gonna be run the government. So it's not like it's just disappearing. I don't I don't understand the freak out about this. You know, isn't it good for consumers? for to, to you know you know China's going to put tariffs on our food products, right? And everybody's worried about the farmers. What about the consumers? don't they benefit from that? If they' because what's happening if they can't sell it to foreigners they're, they're going to be selling it here at probably cheaper prices and the average consumer will pay less. But everybody's freaking about about the farmers. Try to remember, most of those farmers are big conglomerate farmers and they're not the average Joe Schmo farmer. I don't understand the worry, the panic, or the concern. <laughs> it's going to hurt China a lot more than it hurts us, and I've been saying that forever. So why are we worried about it so much? And don't we, don't we want fair trade? How are you going to get that? You're not going to get it by asking them and say please, they're not doing it, are they? How are you going to do it? Do you, you know, we have been bending over backwards for years, letting China get away with things. Why? Why do we have to keep doing that? Maybe that was justified to get them to the point where they can feed their own people and be part of the world economy, and you know, but they're, they're the second largest economy, 14 and a half trillion. By far the biggest compared to the third and fourth and fifth largest, which are around five trillion each. So why, we don't have to bend over backwards at all for them people. we want free trade, we want fair trade. That's it, we don't want them to steal our technology. What's so hard about, See, this... Don't get me started. It just kind of makes me angry that everybody's so freaking out about, you know, there's a trade war. Okay, so? So? Maybe we should have one. This is vestock, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. <laughs> and I, I hope I, my rant didn't didn't put you off there. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, and we want... You know, there, there, there's... There's only two emotions in the market: fear and greed. Right? Fear and greed. So let me let me focus a moment on fear. The truth is that many investors, many investors have fear or experience fear when they're kind of unsure what to do, what they should do with their portfolio. Is the mark? Is there too much risk in their portfolio? And then, yeah, there are there are times when you have too much risk. Maybe you have too much technology stocks. It's usually what I see. A portfolio is just full of tech stocks and they're the ones that are going to get, they do very good in good times and they do very bad in bad times. But really what you want to do is you want to control that risk. Well, then you got, that means you got to control your fear. And then that means you have to understand what's your risk tolerance and how much fear you have and how much can you take. And of course, I have a solution for that. It's uh, on our website, investtalk.com. There is We call it Riskalyze. It's a questionnaire. It's very simple. You fill out the questions, and it kind of gauges and scores your fear. And then I I get an automatic email, and I talk about it and send you some responses. And then we can take a look at your portfolio and see if it matches what your personal fear gauge is. Anyways, go to InvestDoc.com. Take the test. It's simple. It's quick. I'm live,
0: 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where each Friday, subscribers to the KPP Premium newsletter receive a concise and highly informative summary of the week's financial and investment news, sent directly to their inbox. It really does give you a week that was roundup in a quick read. It also offers a look ahead and various process and term explanations that will be interesting to every investor. So you should be thinking about subscribing. You'll get targeted value formatted for fast consumption when you become a KPP Premium newsletter subscriber at InvestTalk.com. The Invest Talk Radio One Podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call
2: with your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Jay in Fremont. How are you doing, Jay?
3: I'm fine thank you Steve uh, Steve I have a question on ticker STMP stamps.com uh, it has fallen down sharply lately and uh, wanted to know uh, if you think it's a good time to buy thank you
2: Actually I don't I don't like stamps.com um, and it's not had anything to do with the fundamentals it had nothing to do with you know the the profits or sales or growth it Has nothing to do with that it has everything to do with the concept I don't think the business model is going to be around forever. Provides electronic postage and U.S. postage services for individuals and businesses via stamps.com. Everything's going on the Internet. Everything's going to cloud, and email, and Facebook, and all those other things. Why do we really need? Think about how much do you really use stamps these days. You're reducing your use of them. Will they always be around? Maybe, probably, I don't know. I frankly think we don't need a U.S. Postal Service anymore. I think it's an outdated concept, but no one's going to listen to me. It's very hard to get rid of any government or quasi-governmental body. So my concern is not the company, because they have fallen, but my, you know, they were at $200 a share back in uh, February, and today they're 80 I mean, today they're 42 42 42, so what happened is they went from 200 down to 80, and then a big gap down down to 42. Why do you think that's happening? Well, one of the reasons their fundamentals are not so strong, they're starting to weaken. Uh, I mean, I, I so I would not buy this company. I do not buy this company. I don't think it would be a winner. Will it go up? Well, it might go back up a little bit, but long term, I just don't think this is a good business model. Creative destruction, they keep bringing that up. This business, this business is being destroyed. Use of stamps is being destroyed by the internet. I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, recently, we've been almost completely online paying, paying the bills at the office. Well, that means I don't use the stamps to mail the checks in. Everything's online, right? Isn't that where it's going? So we don't pay bills, so we don't use stamps. When's the last time you sent a letter to somebody? Even if, even if you send a card, a birthday card, many of those, you can do that online these days, and people do. So what goes through the mail? I don't know about you, but I get junk mail. That's where my mail is. Uh, is that going to help stamps.com? don't think so. So I'd stay with the STMP. There's a perfect stock I would not buy. Thanks, Jay. hope I didn't disappoint you too much. Eight 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 ninety nine chart 888-992-4278. Okay, marijuana stocks. Now, did you see that um, Altria put in $1.8 billion into Cronus Group? Cronus Group is a marijuana company. $1.8 billion into that company. If you're right, remember right, I've said on the air that I do think that the marijuana stocks are going to be here to stay. There's going to be a lot of them that go out of business, but there's going to be survivors. And I've said that big tobacco is probably going to get in that business in a big way. Makes sense. They got their distribution. They got, you know, marijuana, you smoke it. That primary use is smoking it. The good thing about marijuana is it also can be used for other things than smoking. You can be, it can be, you can have some, uh, it has some medical properties that are helpful. So it's not all bad news that tobacco stocks are known for, right? Tobacco, smoking, bad. Well, not so, not so fast for marijuana. There are some benefits, even though I think it's pretty minor. You're still smoking. But my point is, is which stocks are going to be winners? Marijuana stocks. It's still, you know, marijuana is still illegal, federally illegal. No matter what states approve and uh, have it legal in their state, there's federal laws that are still on the books that, you know, the, the the federal government could come in, shut them down, close them up, throw you in jail, right? But not in Canada, not in parts of Europe. So uh, I think there's going to be winners here, but you're going to have to be very careful. And I would much rather see you buy Winners who are associating themselves with a much bigger partner like an Altria group. So that's, you know, as an investment theme, I'm not disputing it or poo-pooing it. I'm saying be very careful because like any new industry, there's a lot of losers. And usually end up with several big winners. And that's what this is, kind of a new industry coming out. Okay? Okay. And did you see the story? Facebook is clamping down on populism in Europe. Populism. From a business perspective, this shows that the company has not been truthful about their stated policy decisions. Remember, they're clamping down on populism in Europe. They're absolutely acting now as a publisher with editor- editorial control, aren't they? If Facebook is saying they're clamping down on populism in Europe, that's politics. Isn't it? They're actively censoring content. Okay? And it is mostly conservative content, by the way. But they're admitting it. <laughs> you know, when they're saying they've been denying they've been doing it, now they're admitting it through the kind of the back door, right? They're gonna <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Maybe so they get their act together. So will this pipe and behavior lend more weight to the argument that you need to break up Facebook? It's going to attract politics. It's going to attract regulation. (laughs) It's going to attract it. And they're not going to be happy once that happens. They're not just a platform. Right? They're not. Anyways. This is the Best Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. And we have one goal here. And that's to help you achieve financial freedom. We stay away from politics. We want you to make money. So we're going to continue that. So get your questions in now 8899 chart.
0: On the next invest talk, two of the world's premier retailers are battling for the hearts and minds of shoppers everywhere. And now Walmart wants to take on Amazon in digital advertising. That story tomorrow. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. It's Jay from Santa Rosa, California. I wanted to see what your opinion on Planet Fitness is. P-L-N-T is the ticker. Uh, the P-E a little high, but I've noticed it's been doing really well the last five years, and I like the strategy they have with buying Are renting out spaces that have been vacant, so they're getting them very cheap. Let me know what you think on Planet Fitness. Thank you.
2: Well, it's done very well, it's growing very fast. That's why it's expensive. Planet Fitness Inc. operates 1,742 fitness centers with approximately 12.5 million uh, members in 50 states, Puerto Rico, and Canada. And as you pointed out, I have a personal experience here with a local. Um, mall that lost its tenant and was empty for almost two years, and Planet Fitness came in there, you know, and I'm sure they got a great deal, and it was a great location right off the freeway. So you know, they are you know looking for those cheap places, and they're growing. Um, they're, their growth is slowing down a little bit. Uh, sales or growth was 23 percent last quarter, but the quarter before that was 30, and the quarter before that was 40 percent. Earnings are going to be up twenty six percent this year, and uh, estimate another twenty three percent next year, but that's a dollar ninety per share on a seventy eight dollars stock, so you're talking really high price here, not cheap, really high price. So uh, and it's been moving up, barely had a down period in uh, this you know, last year, barely did, but it did. But it's been marching up from the lows of around fifty now up to seventy eight. Um, I, I definitely would not chase this stock. Uh, it made up all the losses from yesterday. Today, made it all up in one day. Um, I would feel more comfortable with a pullback and a much more reasonable price. But you cannot argue with the numbers. The numbers are very good. You know, and management owns eight percent, by the way, which is a pretty big number for a seven billion dollar company. So that's you know, they're focused. They're focused. And I think that's going to continue to grow. I think that that I think the model is good. I think these uh, workout and fitness places, you know, is a good thing. I think that the model is durable. Durable, meaning it's just going to continue. More people are going to be joining those fitness groups. In my group, my age group, my age group, the old people, we have to do a lot of rehab and exercising to keep us from dying too early. So that's that's a good growth area, and younger people love the social gathering of these places. I think uh, I'm I'm thinking the model is pretty pretty good. P L N T is a symbol, Planet Fitness. Everybody, retiring abroad, especially in South America. There's a book out called uh, Gringo Landa. Gringo Landa. G R I N G O L A N D I A. One word. Gringolanda. Landa. Um. And Specifically, they're talking about Ecuador, where it's like the fourth largest destination for expatriates. Expatriates are those people who retire and move to a foreign country because it's a much more reasonable expense. They, they may be living on Social Security and a little bit of savings, and they can live outside the United States, much cheaper, much lower cost. And they, the reasons that they move there is they think it's more adventurous. some, they, they like to travel a little bit. They say that they think it's more active and more social. Uh, <coughs> more social in these expat and these communities are United States citizens living in communities in foreign countries, and they all have this, they have everything in common. So it makes for a more socialized area. But there are problems. Don't think it's just all smooth sailing. There's big problems. You have to you have to get used to a whole different lifestyle whole different way of doing things you know they don't have grocery stores on every corner they don't have you know theaters that you can go to movies on and whatever you want they you know you gotta accept a much lower pace much slower lifestyle and generally speaking a poor community a more poor country that's why it's cheaper to live there so you gotta think about that when you're Talking about. So, what city has the world's big most billionaires? New York, 105 billionaires. Then Hong Kong, and then San Francisco. Hong Kong has 87. San Francisco has 75. Moscow has 70. London has 65. Beijing has 55. San Francisco is the one I think is interesting because it, there's only 860,000 people living in that city, where New York has 8.6 million. So, number of people per million billionaire is much higher in San Francisco because it's Silicon Valley, right? I'm Steve Peasley and this completes another InvestOp program, and I thank you for your loyal support, and calls, and questions. Please come back tomorrow. I really want you to. And of course for you know podcasters online you, you can call anytime. You, you know, please do. I really would like that too. Everybody have a good night.
1: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program It's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing.